Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Before we jump into this chapter, you guys know that I love uh, Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and theologians call him the Prince of Preachers. And concerning this text, particularly in Matthew twenty-five thirty-one through 43, he wrote these words. Listen, our Savior had a wonderful series of contrasts passing before his eyes as he uttered this sublime prophecy. Within three days he was to be crucified, yet he spoke of the time when the Son of Man shall come in his glory. He had with him a little company of disciples, one of whom would betray him, another would deny him, and all would forsake him. Yet he saw the heavenly entourage that would attend him at his coming, and all the holy angels with him. Wearied and worn with labors, and saddened because of the hardness of men's hearts, And the impending doom of Jerusalem, he sat on the slope of the Mount of Olives. But his thoughts were projected across the ages as he told his hearers of the glorious throne he would occupy in the day when he should return as royal and universal judge of mankind. I love that statement. I think it summarizes exactly what we've been talking about in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. If you haven't been with us, we've been doing a series on the coming kingdom, the coming kingdom. In Matthew chapter 24 and 25, got a pen, got a pad, you're going to need it this morning. Matthew 24 and 25, we've been on the Mount of Olives with Jesus. If you've been with us, you know this. And his disciples, and they're standing there. And, and, and give me your attention. And, and Jesus is, is standing on the Mount of Olives and he's and the Mount of Olives. Actually, uh, you, you face from the Mount of Olives. If you go with us in November 2005, you'll see this. We're going to stand on the Mount of Olives and from the Mount of Olives, you can see the East Gate. So Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives and he's preaching a sermon known as the Olivet Discourse. The sermon is called the Olivet Discourse because it is preached from the Mount of Olives. And so Jesus is there preaching this sermon. He began this sermon because the disciples asked him three questions concerning the end times. When Jesus answered those questions, then he began to teach in parables. Now, if you've been with us, you know, we've already talked about this. He taught Jesus taught in parables. Remember, I told you what a parable was. Remember, I told you, help me out. A parable is what? An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Y'all just get better and better every week. So Jesus began to give them a series of earthly stories with this heavenly meaning. And we talked about a parable that Jesus talked about was the parable of the thief. 
And then he gave us the parable of the faithful and evil servant. And then he gave us the parable of the ten brides or the ten bridesmaids. And then last week, if you were with us, you know, we talked about the parable of the talents. This morning, beginning in verse 31, Jesus now to the end of the chapter, verse 31 to the end of the chapter, Jesus isn't speaking in parables anymore. He has stopped speaking in parables Beginning in verse 31, now he is speaking directly to his disciples about the judgment that is coming on the earth. This text is known, if you're taking notes, as the judgment of the sheep and the goats or the judgment of nations. Now he's not talking in parables anymore. Now, this is huge for you to understand. No longer he's giving you an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now he's giving you just the facts, ma'am. Y'all remember Dragnet? Where my people at? You, you remember Dragnet? Where my people at? All right, there you go. See, I ain't old by myself. <laughs> you remember Dragnet? Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Well, Jesus is giving the facts. I'm not talking in parables anymore. What he's saying is coming directly out of his mouth about a specific judgment that is coming on the earth. Very important for you to understand that this teaching is very important. You got to listen close. Hope you had your caffeine because you got to stay with me. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. We're going to just read it. We'll come back after we're done. And we'll have uh, some comments. Matthew chapter 25, picking up saints in verse 31. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. When. Circle that and stop right there. (laughs) Now listen. Little words like when and then and 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 as are very, very, very important when you study the scriptures. Because you've got to answer these questions. If you take the time to just read the Bible, then you go, when what? When what? As what? What does that mean? As what? So these little words that we tend to just kind of run right over are really, really big words and big keys to understanding the text. And without an understanding of these very small words, you're likely to misinterpret the text. So notice Jesus says now in verse 31, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then, circle that, he will sit on the throne of his glory And what's going to happen? All the nations will be gathered together before him and he will separate them one from another as, circle that, a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, the sheep, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from, note this, from when? The foundation of the world. Hmm. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. In prison, you came and visited me. And then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in naked and clothe you? 
Or when do we see you sick in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked, you didn't give me any clothes. Sick and in prison and you didn't come and visit me. And then they will also in verse 44 answer him and say, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them saying, as surely I say to you, and as much as you did not do it to the least of these, my brethren, you did not do it unto me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Stop right there. Give me your attention. When the son of man comes in glory. Very important for you to understand at this point in Matthew, beginning in verse 31. At this point in Matthew, we are at the end of the tribulation. The seven years of tribulation is over. Remember, we talked about the tribulation period. There's going to be earthquakes and famines and wars and pestilence. There's going to be the abomination of desolation. The sun, the moon, the stars are going to refuse to give their light. Now, here in verse 31, we're at the point of the second coming. He has come with his angels. Did you notice that? And notice the nations gather before him. And what happens? He begins a process of separation. He begins dividing the sheep and the goat. Notice this big, small word as or just like a shepherd divides sheep from goat. Now, it's almost like Jesus is directing traffic. Sheep on the right hand, goats on the left. What's going on here? I love Jesus' ministry style. I love his teaching style. You know why? Because Jesus takes everyday situations, everyday scenarios, everyday scenes, and he uses them as an, listen, he uses them as an illustration to teach something very valuable and very spiritual and very deep. He's going to divide the sheep on the right and the goats on the left As a shepherd divides sheep and goat. Now, in the Middle East, if you go with us to Israel, some of these things, you you know, you'll just I can't encourage you enough to go. You'll just be riding around like on a tour bus because we're headed to the Mount of Olives or something. And you'll see something that will remind you of the Bible and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's what that is. God just speak to you just like that. Now, in the Middle East today, when we go to Israel, you'll see we were in the area where David slew Goliath. I'll never forget this, honey, remember? And we pulled up and there was a shepherd with a sheep, remember? There was a shepherd with a sheep. And I always thought shepherds were like really old people. But this this shepherd was probably 16, 17 years old, just hanging around with the sheep. And it's interesting because as a shepherd would move, the sheep would move. And the closer we got to the sheep, the sheep would move. They didn't want to be near us. They wanted to be near the shepherd. It's very natural because they don't know us, but they know the shepherd. 
Are you hearing me? They don't know us. But they know the shepherd. So in Israel, even today, you would see when we go there, these shepherds of the east, they had a mixed flock. Much like we have here at Calvary Chapel. <laughs> but Abba. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Y'all like that, huh? Uh, I worked hard on that all night now. So they had this mixed flock of, of, of sheep and goats. And get this, during the day, the sheep and the goat, they would mingle together and they would hang out with each other. But at night, the shepherd would call the sheep by name and they would listen. But the goats usually would ignore his call. The shepherds would then separate the goats and the sheep because the sheep like cool temperatures. Because they had wool sweaters. And they liked cool temperatures. But the goats didn't like cool temperatures. As a matter of fact, for the goats to keep warm, they had to herd together. They had to kind of stick together. So at night, the shepherd then would divide the sheep on the right and the goat on the left to get them separate. The Bible says when Jesus comes back in this judgment, of which we will talk about in just a second, he's going to divide the sheep and the goat as a shepherd divides the sheep and the goats. Are you with me so far? Say amen. amen. Now, three groups of people, if you're taking notes in this text. There's three groups, pardon me, not of people, but three groups. Number one, there are sheep. All believers, the sheep are all believers who have come through the tribulation. And then we have the second group are goats. They are all unbelievers. And then the third group are brethren, and they are Jews. So we have the sheep, we have the goat, and we have the brethren. Now the Bible teaches, give me your attention, the Bible teaches that we are all sheep. We are all the sheep of his pasture. All Christians, all born-again believers are considered sheep. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 tells us all we like sheep have gone astray and we've all turned everyone to his own way. We are all sheep. The Bible calls us Christian folks sheep. Over 200 times in the Bible, this reference to Christians being sheep. I do find it interesting, perhaps you will too, why does God not call us majestic, swift, beautiful, bad to the bone, Soaring eagles. He calls us sheep. Why does he not call us strong, fearless, mighty, terrifying lions? No, he calls us sheep. Why? Did you know that sheep are the stupidest animal on the planet? <laughs> you got to understand something, see. When God says, all we like sheep have gone astray, calling us sheep is really not a compliment. Uh, because sheep, they really are. I, I, I like to just look at sheep. You go in the countryside, and, and I did this one time. I'm driving in the countryside, and I saw a flock of sheep. So I pulled up, got out of my car, and went over to the fence. And I'm like, hey, sheepy, sheepy. Come here, sheepy, sheepy, sheepy. Come on, come on, come, come and shout, I'm a shepherd. 
I'm a shepherd. Give me sheep. And you know what they did? They just stood there and looked at me like I was crazy. They didn't come. Matter of fact, they had a really stupid look on their face. Sheep have a really stupid look on their face. Uh, they really do. I mean, you know, they're not like one of those animals that have like, you know, some animals have a really intelligent look on their face. Like, I think German shepherds have really, I mean, German shepherds, you know what? German shepherds are the closest thing to people, in my opinion. I mean, I love them. They just look smart and they stand tall and their necks are, and their ears pop up. And they're the cutest little puppies. And they just really have a really smart look. But sheep, sheep look really dumb. They do. They just have this real blank look on their face. And so the Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. They're really dumb. Have you, have you ever heard of a trained sheep? I mean, think about that in the circus. Have you ever seen a trained sheep? There's a reason for this, people. There's a reason. You know why? Because they're stupid. Because you, you can't train a sheep. Sheep will follow other sheep right off a cliff. You know, they're just following each other right off a cliff and then, bah, bah, right off the cliff, bah, boom. They will do that. The sheep, not only are they dumb, but did you know the sheep really are dirty? They, they really are dirty. They won't clean themselves. The shepherd has to do it. Not only are they dumb and they're dirty, but they're also defenseless. Sheep don't have claws. Sheep don't have fangs. They don't have wings. They can't run fast. There have been stories reported true of squirrels who have attacked and killed sheep. I ain't kidding you. I'm not making this stuff up, man. Sheep have been beat up by a squirrel. Now, let me tell you, if you can't beat a squirrel... You need Tybo. You need something. I mean, come on now. They, they don't, they, they're just defenses. All they can do is just kind of bleat. You see, so the next time you read it in the Bible that they're all we like sheep, think about that for a minute, okay? That's what the Lord is saying. And sheep are very docile. Goats are, on the other hand, very feisty and very hard to control. Sheep travel in flocks and need to be led. Goats are impossible to lead and they butt heads and goats eat trash and goats do whatever they want to do and they eat wherever they want to eat and they butt heads with whomever they want to butt heads with. Goats have their own mentality. It's very, very true. So then I guess this begs the question, are you a sheep or are you a goat? Oh, don't misunderstand me now. As I said, if you're a Christian, then you're a sheep. But I see too often, maybe it's just me, but I see too often in myself a goat mentality. I see it more in y'all. <laughs> but you know that that whole goat mentality, I think really is, is in the church. You know, you know, I'll go where I want. I'll eat what I want to eat. Don't tell me who to study the Bible with. Don't tell me who's, a, who's this or that or what to go or where to go or what to do. Don't tell me that in the church. People have a really goat mentality. I think even sheep can have a goat mentality. You know, you know if, if you're in church, let me, let me, God has given... 
let me take this opportunity. God has given us pastors and leaders in the church to shepherd you, to love you, to care for you, to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you in spiritual truth and in spiritual matters. Things that, amen, saints? And, and, this is, and this is where the problem is in the church. I think the church has really adopted this goat mentality like the world. I'll do whatever I want to do. I'll go wherever I want to go. I'll eat whatever I want. I'll butt heads with whoever I want to butt heads with. That's in the church today. God's given pastors to say, listen, no, don't eat that spiritually. That's poison. Don't eat that. Hey, don't go there because spiritually that's going to damage you and hurt you. Don't do that. God's given pastors to the church to love you and shepherd with you. Listen, if you've been traveling around back and forth to Calvary Chapel and other churches, can I just encourage you, find yourself a church, find yourself a flock and become a part of it. Don't do that. I'm glad you're here visiting, and I love it that you've come here. I honestly count it an honor of all the churches in the triangle that you are here today. You don't have to be here. Nobody has to be here. I'm the only one that has to be here. I mean in the best sense. I want to be, and I have to be, and it's all good. But don't keep church hopping, y'all. Don't keep church shopping. Hey, you're visiting today, that's great. Come back one or two times, that's okay too. But you know what the problem is when folks are church shopping and it's 37 years later and, and they're still trying to find a church? I can't find a church. Listen, there is no perfect church. If you understand that, say amen. There is no perfect church. And listen, if you find a perfect church, when you get there, you're going to mess it up. As soon as you show up, it is no longer perfect. There is no perfect church because the church is made up of imperfect people. So, you're never going to find the, oh, it's all got everything that I need. No, the church, you want to look for a church where the pastor is teaching you the word of God. Amen, saints? Where he's staying in the word and staying in worship. And that's what God would have us to do. Not have this goat mentality that I am all over the place. Doing what I want, eating what I want, going where I want, and I don't care. God wants us to be sheep who follow who serve, who love him and love his people. Loving Jesus and loving his people. Now notice, Jesus, notice here in our text, he is doing the separating. Now let's get into this. He's doing the separating of the sheep and the goat in judgment. Now there are a lot of people who will tell you that at the end of the world, that there's going to be this one grand general judgment that's going to happen at the end of the world. One judgment. Now listen to me. The Bible teaches it's very clear. There's not one judgment. There are three judgments. Number one, if you're taking notes, the Bible teaches the Bema Seat Judgment. The Bema Seat Judgment. And then the Bible talks about the Great White Throne Judgment. And sandwiched between the Bema Seat Judgment and the Great White Throne Judgment is this judgment of the nations of which we find in our text in verses 31 through 46. 
we're talking about a judgment that takes place between the Bema Seat judgment and the great white throne judgment. What's the Bema Seat judgment? The Bible's very clear. Listen, the Bema Seat judgment of Christ is a judgment for all believers. It is not a judgment of condemnation. It is a judgment of accommodation, commending. It's a judgment of reward. Almost like the Olympics. You've seen the Olympics where the athletes stand on the stands and they receive their gold, silver, bronze medals. Well, that's the Bema seat. They were rewarded or judged. See, the Bible teaches that the Christian who has given their lives to Christ, when they stand in judgment, they're going to stand at the judgment of rewards. Where God's going to commend you. You're not going to be judged for your sins. Because Jesus already paid the price for your sin. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.